Oh, refillable. Yes, that's a big, <laughs> that's a big one. Yeah, I did not expect the, the, the need of the refillables to happen so quick. So at the very end of the point of the, of the pen, it, it does unscrew. So I did make it to be refillable, but I didn't think the need was gonna be right away. Hello, I'm Jim Fox, and welcome to the Lumen Innovation Podcast, where we shine a light on innovation, creativity, entrepreneurship, and the creative people who make our world a better and more interesting place to live. This episode of the Lumen Innovation Podcast is brought to you in part by the Birdall Pecan Candy and Gift Company. 20 different flavors of pecans to choose from. Whether you want in-shell, cracked, chocolate, or candied pecans, the Birdall Pecan Candy and Gift Company has you covered. Don't forget about their pecan pies and fudge as well. If you live anywhere in Central Texas, stop by their shop at 2626 Highway 71 West in Cedar Creek. If you live anywhere else, keep in mind that they mail pecans all over the country. Give them a call at 1-800-518-3870 or go to birdall.com. That's B-E-R-D-O-L-L.com. All of the pecan products are grown, prepared, and cooked right there in Cedar Creek by the Birdall Pecan Candy and Gift Company. to the Lumen Innovation Podcast. I'm Jim Fox. My guest today is a teacher at Creekside Park Junior High School in Tomball, Texas. In addition to teaching, during the past few years, she has earned a few additional titles. Jennifer is an innovator, a creator, and an inventor. Her current product is called the Meshit Fidget Pen, and it is currently funded at over $7,000 and counting on Kickstarter. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Big picture, what is the Meshit Fidget Pen? It's a silent fidget pen for uh, kids and adults um, to relieve any kind of anxiety, stress, nervousness, um, you know, during class, during meetings, or at work. Um, and it's a silent uh, fidget where there's a marble inside the mesh, and you can push or even roll the, the marble up and down. You have got uh, somewhat of an unusual story for being an innovator, a creative a creator. You're an English teacher, yes. Right? <laughs> Talk about teaching. Why is that? Why is that the thing you're doing? I am passionate about it. I love my students. Um, I like to see the progress from beginning to end. Um, I have uh, really good relationships with them, and um, you know, I've just always enjoyed it. I taught high school for many years, and now I'm, I'm teaching junior high. And how many years have you been teaching now? 16 years. Very good. And your educational background is to be a teacher? Yes. Very cool. Yes. There's, there's really so many things I, I totally dig about this story. I mean, mm -hmm. the teaching is one aspect of it, a big right. advocate of, of education. Yes. Um, another thing is you've kind of bucked the trend. that People think of innovators and creators and inventors as engineers and scientists and all the nerdy people, but you're like, heck with that. I'm a teacher, but I can do this as well. Uh, how did yeah. that happen? How did the idea of, of okay, I'm a teacher, I've, I'm, I've got the stereotypes of what a teacher does, and I'm going to yeah. say, forget that stereotype, let's go make something and sell it. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't even think about it. I just uh, saw the problem, and I 
came up with a solution with the folder and I just, I went for it. I didn't stop to think about pretty much anything. I knew that the students needed this for organization with the folder. Yeah, so we'll dig into the folder Sorry. certainly yeah. as we go through, but yes. that's, that's one of two that products you've got. Yeah. yeah. And it, that's, like I say, that's really kind of neat that you, you know, it would be so easy to just kind of fall into the, I don't know if you call that a habit or the, mm -hmm. the trend of just be a teacher, stick to the classroom and let someone else deal with the invention. But you're just like, no, 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 I'm, I've, I've got a problem. I know how to solve it. I'm going to yes. go. That, right. That's definitely, definitely really neat. What practical problems were you trying to solve with the mesh it pin? Well, at first, um, I know, well, the school purchased some fidget toys uh, for the students. And I had them there in my classroom. There was a big bucket of, of a variety of different fidget toys. And I noticed that these high school students were using this mesh toy, uh, that, and it was very popular. And I was wondering why they kept going back to that one. And I realized that it was quiet, and um, it fit in the hand, so it was very discreet. And one day, they were taking an assessment, and I noticed several of the students were writing with a pen, and then they would put it down, and then use the fidget toy to think. And then they would put the fidget toy down, and then pick up the pen, and it was a whole, like, going back and forth, and then the fidget toy fell on the floor, then he had to, you know, get it and put it back on the desk, and I just, that was the moment, the aha moment, when I said, this needs to go on a pen. Okay, so that way you don't you, you eliminate the process of setting down, picking up. It's mm -hmm. it's it's already in your hand. Right. Very good. That's and, definitely neat. And they won't lose it. They have more of a chance losing a toy like that than an actual pen that they okay. write with every day. And uh, certainly, we've all all of us have been in classrooms, either from the student perspective or the teacher's perspective. And during tests, it's a very quiet time, mm -hmm. and uh, either the teacher is perhaps bored or, or working on grading homework from another assignment or whatever, but, mm -hmm. but you're, in your case, you were just kind of maybe daydreaming out and looking at the class and seeing what they're doing, and you, you yes. kind of noticed a problem. That's, yep. that's definitely really, really cool. Mm -hmm. So this is an audio-only format here on, on the, the podcast, so do the best you can to physically describe to the audience what these pens are. Okay. Um, it's a ballpoint pen. Uh, it is black ink right now only. Um, the material is the ABS plastic, and it has a soft rubber coating on top. And it's a twist pen, so you twist it to to uh, pop the... We're going to get the click noise yeah. into the microphone. <laughs> so you click it to um, you know be able to write with it. So the and bottom half of it looks like a traditional pen. Just a traditional pen, yeah. And at first glance, the top of it looks maybe just like a traditional pen, but with a decorative flair to it. But it's actually not just decorative. There's a thing in there. Mm -hmm. And that's the, the mesh material. And this mesh material, I'm trying to describe or trying to think of what this reminds me of. But maybe maybe the thing that it reminds me of is the old, yeah, the, yeah. the, the, the <laughs> finger trap toys. Yes, what were those everyone called? says that. Yeah, so, so it's yeah. that kind of material. What are, what's the actual name for those things? Chinese finger traps um, or something like that, Something, right? yeah. Yeah, so it's it's a smaller version of that. Your finger wouldn't quite fit in this probably, but there's right. a small marble in there, and it's it's maybe half or three-quarters the size of a traditional toy marble, and it is kind of inset inside the pen. So talk about the, the timeline. In April 2017, you had this grand idea, this concept. April of 2019, this past spring, you finally got the final design. What happened in those two years in the middle? A lot happened. Uh, one, I had to focus on the patent. Uh, it's a professional patent at this point. At this point, uh, so it's patent pending. Okay. And um, we 
you know, you kind of have to think ahead of time the design and different options. Um, so I, I spent time doing that. Then finding the manufacturer, of course, took about a year and a half for that. And, and that's being done that overseas was very now, different. right? It is overseas. So okay. I tried uh, contacting many manufacturers here in the U.S. I got close with some, but, you know, to be honest, the, the prices were not affordable. Was that really the, the primary or only hurdle in trying to do it here? And the design. Uh, go but, on. What do you mean by uh, that? We were trying to... Uh, the designs that we were working with, I I didn't like, to be honest with you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we just couldn't get it um, to uh, be a twist pen. There was a lot to it. So uh, do you have any... Um, design experience, could you do CAD on this if you, if, or, or did you just say, no, no, I, I have the concept, but I want someone else to deal with all the technical details? Oh, everyone, yeah, I did not do any of that. Okay. okay. I would have to explain it in detail, and then they would. So how, how is that, there's bound to be people out there listening, and, and mm -hmm. I'm even one of these that are yeah. curious about that process. So if you have an idea and you, you magically get on the phone with some designer, how does that process go of trying to communicate your wants and needs and have them do it? Well, you need to have a designer that is familiar with the pen, with pens, right? Because yep. I do not really know the function of how a pen works on the inside. So I had to study that myself. Okay. But at the same time, I needed to get someone that really knew it. And um, when I started dealing with, um, the, the, with my sourcing agent in China, she helped me find that person and... Within a week, we together collaborated, and it was the design that we wanted. Very good. So how did you find the person in China? How, did that, <laughs> how, how was that? Um, I reached out to business people that I trusted okay. or that I trust, and they recommended. Um, there was one gentleman. He's a president of a, of a company, and he recommended this sourcing agent. Okay. Um, so I trusted him, and I, con you know, he introduced us. So about two years of trying to figure out all the patenting stuff, I assume you hired a lawyer that could handle yes. all of that, right? Yes. And then working with, finding a, a designer, a manufacturer, working with them, getting the thing finalized. By July of this year, just a few months ago, mm -hmm. uh, you got a final prototype that's like, okay, this is what the thing really looks like, right? So, yes. Uh, talk about the, I guess, the emotional of that. It's like, it man, was, it's, it's real. It's, yeah, it's, it was really exciting. Before that, I did get a few prototypes okay. um, made out of the ABS plastic because, um, you know, even though the molds are completed, we had to go back and tweak a little bit. Okay. Um, you know, the, the opening where the mesh is was a little too narrow. It didn't really fit comfortable when you put your thumb or your fingers Okay. Between it. So yeah, the the opening here is on. It's double. It's opening mm -hmm. on both sides, and it's maybe about half the width of the finger or so. And it's in that area. It kind of bulges right. slightly as a pen. It's a little bit wider mm -hmm. than a traditional pen, but right. So that was one of the obstacles that we went through. So then we had to widen it out a little bit. The marble was getting stuck at the top and bottom, so we had to fix that. There were a lot of things that, you know. The engineer with, me just thinks that's all the iterations. <laughs> right. The pictures really look good. great, you know, and then yeah. we went for the molds. And then after the first one, we started we started tweaking it a little bit. Okay. So in July, you, you had a, a final product. Final like, product. And uh, it, it strikes me, you mentioned ABS. ABS is also commonly 3D printed. I assume some early prototypes were 3D printed. 3D printed. Yeah, okay. But it was a very thin thin material. It was not 
this it's not I don't know what plastic it is that they use for three D printing. ABS is one of them. Maybe, but yeah. I'm probably not the one I got. Okay. I probably have it somewhere I can show you, but it was a very thin and it broke into pieces. Okay. Yeah. So so in July you had a final prototype, just mm -hmm. a month later in late August, just a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Your Kickstarter launched. So talk about the process <laughs> of all right, I've got a, a, a real prototype in my hand or a real final look. And then a month later, a month and a half later, you launch a Kickstarter. Talk about what happened in the middle. How did you, why did you go to Kickstarter versus going to some other routes of marketing? Talk about yeah. that process. Um, I wanted to go through Kickstarter uh, because I had already, my costs were already high because of the molds and patent and everything. Okay. Um, I wanted to uh, even see if people were interested in the product before partnering with companies and even, you know, putting my first order in. Kickstarter is great for that. It is. It and is so great. I wanted to see if the interest was there. Okay. I can't really sell or partner with companies if I can't really prove that people want it and that, that the interest is there. So that's really why I went the Kickstarter route. Yeah, that's right. Becca, up on the patent is, do you know if you have a design patent or a utility patent? I have a utility. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. That's actually the, the better one. Yes. A bit more expensive, harder to do, but, right. but way better protection. Yes. Very good. And the same attorney that did my first patent with the folder is doing my second with it. So talk about now we're, uh, we're maybe a week or so into the launching of your Kickstarter, and it's funded as of about an hour ago. I saw it was $7,080 with 218 or so backers. Yes. Maybe we'll check it before we get done recording yes. to see if it's gone up. <laughs> um, talk about that ride. That's, that's so exciting to hit click when you launch the project and then yeah. watch the dollars come in, right? You know, it's funny because... Uh, Maybe about a week before Kickstarter, I had my goal at 2500 because I was afraid that I couldn't even get to 2500 I'm going to actually check it right now as you keep going. Okay. And uh, my husband, Eric, said, you know, I really think you need to put it up to five. And we were going back and forth. And he convinced me to put it to five. And I'm glad I did because now people are asking, why? Why is your goal only five? And I'm like, I had no idea I, I could even get there because I was estimating, okay, I need 250 people to pledge $18 worth of pens. And I'm like, I don't know if, if 250 people would, would do it. Yeah, it is so hard to put a number on that. I've done a <laughs> right. few of those with the uh, pesometry, and it is so hard to put a number on it. You want to be ambitious. You you really want the twenty or $30,000, but... <laughs> But it, Kickstarter is an all or none. If yeah. you get $1 short of your goal, you're kind of doomed, right? Exactly. Yeah. So here it is. I just checked real time. It's uh, $7,080, 218 backers, 22 days to go. It ends on October the 6th. So yeah. that's, I, I know firsthand that's an exciting period. And you find yourself refreshing the phone every five minutes. Yes. <laughs> Look, another 50 bucks came in, another 20 yeah. bucks came in. Yes. And maybe throughout your, the rest of your days, 20 bucks is not that big of a deal. But that's the most exciting 20 it bucks. Is. It, it is. It, it is so fun. <laughs> it, it is. It is it definitely. It really is. Definitely is. Uh, was there a time, maybe you just mentioned it, in fact, was there a time, um, let me back up. I know with Pizometry, when I was bringing that to life long before Kickstarter, there was times when I thought, okay, this is silly. It's just a piece of plastic that is cut into some weird shapes. No one in the right mind would want this. Of course, I was wrong. I've sold mm -hmm. several thousand of them now. Was there a moment like that with you where you thought, well, this is kind of silly. No one's actually going to want this. No. Okay. It's interesting, but no. Okay. I never, I just knew. I wouldn't have gone for it if I had that probably question. I just, it took me eight years from the folder to this pen. Yeah. I think because, um, you know, I just don't come up with an idea and go for it without really yeah. believing in it. So it was the, 
however small of a roadblock that was for posometry, it quickly disappeared the first time I, I made one and put it in the hands of a stranger. And, and, and people started playing with it, and it mm-hmm. kind of became a, a, addictive, and people were playing with it. So, but, but there was a moment where it's like, yeah, this is kind of silly, but as soon as I made one and actually put my hands on it and mm-hmm. put it in the hands of a stranger, it's like, okay, this is a thing. It's, and you, you've probably experienced that Yes, too, right? I have, especially when I saw the final product compared to the prototype. Now, the prototype was definitely silly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, the, and I know also firsthand, Kickstarters are, they're not only exciting, but, and you're about to learn in about three weeks probably when it gets fully funded and you're, you're going to be going 30 hours a day yes. trying to fulfill it, it gets very, very busy. Who's, who's on your team here? Who's helping you? Um, friends, family. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's because yeah. I know it's, it's uh, um, you're, you're going to spend a lot of time at the post office. Mm-hmm. That's going to be, yep. it's going to be a, a <laughs> tricky thing. <laughs> you mentioned the, the docket folders a, a bit ago. Give the, the story on that, because that's this is now, you're, you're taking what you learned on that several years ago. That was in 2012 or 13, is that right? Uh, yes. Okay, yes. so you're taking what you learned from that and, and trying to improve on that with the new product, but back up and back yourself up seven years. What did you learn okay. in that process? I was in class one day, and I noticed that a student had a simple two-pocket folder, and it was torn into pieces. I'm going to show you one of them. And it was falling apart. And I said, wow, you need to have something that expands. So is this a generic folder? Is this truly the one that inspired you, the idea for the docket? This is uh, one that, no, this, this was not the original. Okay. But this is one of my students. Okay. So I and saved it to show later. So what I'm seeing here is was. basically a 50 cent or $1 folder that we've all seen at Walmart or Target or wherever. And it's completely tattered. This looks like it's been just completely beat up. There's right. barely a spine left to it. And, mm-hmm. and you th- saw that and you thought, okay, there's got to be a better way. Right. And when I saw it, I noticed why they like the simple two-pocket folders. Because they can just open it, put the papers in, close it up, and go. Yep. The binders, hole punching, all of that. For someone, even for me, that I struggle to be organized, that just wouldn't work for me. So okay. that's, that was the first idea. Then, um, you know, I hired my patent attorney. We did the utility. And then after that, I sent it. I sent marketing um, letters to companies like, you know, Avery's Mead, all of them, several, um, not going to mention the names, came back. They were interested in purchasing the IP. Okay. Not licensing. Yeah. Okay. So, and that's not what I wanted. I still wanted to be a part of it. I didn't yep. want to just sell it. And so now you're working with Paris Corporation, Paris, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And they, so you, you're using the name Docket, but they actually had that name existing before you came along. Is that right? Or is that a name you came They already with? had it. Okay. So you just added to their product line. Yes. Okay. That's got to be kind of exciting it, too. It was very exciting. Okay. Yes. Uh, the president and uh, the marketing person right. met with me and uh, we just negotiated the terms and all that. And they were really excited about my story and you know, how passionate I was about helping others. So they, they licensed with, or I licensed with them. So Paris Corporation, they're based out of the East Coast, but they've got yes. a Dallas office. Is that where you met it, with the Dallas office? No, actually I was living and teaching in Atlanta at the time. Okay, I see. Okay. Is that still an ongoing arrangement? Or are you still working with them? Yes. Still getting, still getting paid? Uh, yes. Okay, well that's yes. kind of cool. Yes. Do, we do have a more. really good uh, relationship. Okay. Yes. And any lessons learned there, either um, good or bad, that you can you can tell the listeners that are maybe wanting to go through that same process of, hey, I've got an idea and I'm, I've got a product. How do I right. how do I license it? Um, well, my experience was great. I had a really good experience with Paris Business Products. Um, you know, I went in with this prototype here, 
and they did all the rest. So I did, this was my first initial prototype okay. that I showed them. Wow, okay. And how did you make that? With tape. Okay. And cut and yeah. scissors. <laughs> yep, that's perfect for prototyping. That's exactly the right way to do it. And so this is what I actually took to the meeting to show them. Okay. Uh, seven <laughs> years ago, and you show yes. up to, uh, I bet you were kind of nervous with that, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I was. But, but that worked out well. I'm, I'm, uh, that's got to have worked out well, right? Yes. So they did all the marketing, the, the finding the factory or the, their manufacturer and the molds. They invested everything. So, I mean, it was a good experience for me. Okay. Uh, just patting it, come up with the idea, licensing with a company, seeing it out on the shelves for yeah, the first time exciting. was so exciting. Yeah. So, and yeah. And major retailers, you had it at, uh, was it Walmart and mm -hmm. some of the pharmacies and stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah. and Publix. And uh, there are a lot of East and West Coast stores that's, as that's well. That's really good. Where can yes. people go buy that now? Is it Which stores is it in now? Um, wow, there's probably about 20 on the list. Okay. Uh, yeah, if you want to check the website at Paris Business Products, they have a list of all the retail Stores that okay. they have. And that's Docket, D O C capital I T, mm -hmm. Docket folders. A pocket folder. And also okay. the four pocket binder, because I did the binder under the Got same it. pattern. Okay. As well. So you went with that experience, and that sounds like you had, had fun there and learned a lot and had yes. success with it. And now, fast forward six or seven years, and you've got a new product, uh, and you decided to go with Kickstarter. What is it you hope to have a different uh, end result here with your Kickstarter route versus? Licensing, because I assume licensing had some some work up front, but it's kind of now set back and let it roll in, right? Yes. So this path with Kickstarter might be a little different than that, it right? It is. It's very different. Honestly, I wanted to um, have a little bit more control over it. I wanted the challenge of okay. finding the I just wanted to challenge myself, to be honest with you. I wanted to do it myself. I wanted to find the manufacturer. I wanted to deal with the, the design and and be a part of all of it. Okay. And then partner maybe again with Paris Business Products, you know, and we're we're talking right now. A little okay, bit back and, and forth, with the existing relationship, yes. that would be good. Right. I notice also there's a similarity with the name of Meshit Pin, which you came up with, I yes. assume, and Docket Pin, with, which they came up with decades yeah. ago in the 60s. I know. Was that kind of on purpose? Actually, no. Okay. <laughs> this is funny. I was in class uh, and I, I, the students were like, well, what are you going to name this pen? And I'm thinking about it. And one student was like, I think you need to call it Mesh It. That's pretty good. You know what I'm just realizing without even thinking about it? Guess what I'm doing? Oh, I'm, you're fidgeting. I'm playing with the pen. <laughs> it's it's yeah. kind of, it's, they're, so, they're, they truly are, uh -huh. uh, they get your attention. You don't even realize you're doing it. It's, so, um, you know, that student knows who he is and Okay. You know, he's like, I have the one that, you know. So you've got patents, but uh, have you also started to trademark the name? Yeah, uh, yes. Is that is already done? It's, uh, yeah, in the process. Okay. Right which now. which was harder for you from your perspective, patenting or trademarking? Uh, patenting. Okay, yeah. So I, it's the I same think experience patenting, like Because that. you yeah. have to think, especially with the utility patent, you have to think of m multiple designs. Yeah. And to protect yeah, utility patent is, is hard to write because it's got to be so wide to cover everything you can possibly imagine, but exactly. it's got to be also narrow enough to where it's not overly vague. Exactly. It's, it's a weird challenge. Right. And it's hard to do. Right. But uh, you get the right to helper and, and pay them enough money and magic happens. Right? Exactly. And well, I'll give you an example. Um, with the eight pocket folder, um, you know, it's expandable folders, but in the patent of the utility, the binder was in there as well because I had already thought of the binder ahead of time. Uh -huh. So... You know, you kind of have to think of different variations.
break out of the program here for a few seconds to give a shout out to our sponsor, Puzzometry, the hardest puzzle you'll never solve. If you love working on challenging, unique, and beautiful mechanical puzzles, then you've just got to try Puzzometry. P-U-Z-Z-O-M-E-T-R-Y, Puzzometry.com. They have three different puzzles to choose from and all are for sale at Puzzometry.com. Check it out. You'll be glad that you did. Puzzometry can also be found on Twitter and Facebook. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Luminovation Podcast, where we shine a light on innovation. Before we get back to the program, I want to let you know that you can find all of the episodes of the Luminovation Podcast on our webpage, luminovation.com. That's L-U-M-innovation.com, luminovation.com. We are also on iTunes as well as SoundCloud.com. So um, maybe you mentioned this earlier, but when you were going through the process of what to do with this idea, once you had a real one in your hand in July and you started thinking about Kickstarter, did you have another friend who had done Kickstarter? Did you have any experience at all with Kickstarter at no. that point? <laughs> That's got to be intimidating a bit, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. How did you uh, come over? Hey, for the second show in a row, we now have a dog on the Luminovation <laughs> podcast. This is your, your pet, uh, what's Cooper. his name? Cooper. Cooper. Hello, He's a Vizsla. Okay. <laughs> Very neat. Yeah. Uh, so you had no experience with, with Kickstarter either with yourself or with friends. What was the biggest hurdle uh, with going into that uh, cold what, what, what was the hardest thing for you to try to wrap your hand around on Kickstarter? Uh, shipping. I yeah, think, that's hard. You know, the international shipping versus U.S. shipping. Yes, shipping is going to be – I wanted shipping to be free. How are the costs going to, you know, come together? And I think shipping was one of the most important Yeah, and that's, that's actually the way Kickstarter handles shipping in their backer-level – block, the, mm-hmm. the thing you click for the backers, has changed over the years. When I did the original Posometry Kickstarter in 2014, it was a little bit different. But now it's the way it is. So what, what, how did you go through that process of learning that? What? I had to go to the um, uh, mailing office, the postal oh, office, to yeah. have an estimate of what these charges were going to be with the weight and size envelope and and yeah. everything. The only thing would be the international shipping. And that's hard that because was, you've got to right. fill out a customs form every time. Uh-huh. So if you send 500 things overseas, that's 500 things you've got to fill up a hand. Uh-huh. And I don't know that there's an easy way to do that other than it was just, you, fortunately, you've got pins in your hand. Yes. Uh, but, I but I think you've got to do it manually, and it's, uh, it's kind of a long, time-consuming right. process. What else about the Kickstarter process that w- was new to you that was hard and challenging and hard to figure out? Um, okay, well, the video... Yeah, yep. The video, uh, I was getting pricing. Huh? It was five ten thousand $10,000 for a video. I and did, I didn't I, have that kind of money for a video. But then I was okay. like, well, you know what? I'm just going to do it on my phone. But luckily, I found uh, a company here in Houston, Control. Um, I forgot the name. Sorry. That's, it's okay. Uh, yeah. But yeah, there's, there's, yeah. there's countless. Shift. Uh, control Shift. Control Shift. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, there's countless video production firms around. But, but just like... You were thinking, I did mine on my iPhone, and and I'm I'm about to launch a new one here in the next few weeks as well, mm-hmm. and it's that video is already done, did entirely on my iPhone, right? And it comes out looking pretty darn good. Yeah, and I was gonna do that, but this company ended up working with me because I'm Houston. They believed in my story, and I'm a teacher, so they actually, I mean, did a lot 
for me. So yeah, that definitely helps. There's it does. Uh, certainly, uh, I've heard from a lot of guests on this show that uh, you you focus on the things that you're good at, or at least you enjoy doing, and mm-hmm. all the other things hire out. Just and if you right. can afford it, that's because you don't want to spin your wheels for six months on something you're not good at or don't like. Hire it out, be done with it, write a check, and get back to your core task. Yep, absolutely. I agree. Talk about the uh, the kind of the emotional run now of uh, we're a few days into the Kickstarter. I, I was reading just at lunch here a little while ago. I was reading some of the comments, and uh, and I remember those days of you get comments and emails in. You sometimes get dozens or hundreds of emails per day, and you're trying to stay on top of it. Talk about that process. Uh, well, I as soon as I get home, I start sending replies to every single backer. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing that, focusing on that because they're the most important. Uh, you know, at this point, because they're believing in my product. Um, So, but yeah, other than that, uh, I go on social media. I mean, it's hours uh, every every night. It's, uh, to someone who's never done a Kickstarter project, it's it's super easy to underestimate how much time it takes, even during the the process. Of course, it gets very busy when you're trying to ship products out, Mm -hmm. but... You think, well, you're just sitting back waiting for three weeks for the project to end, but no, it's Mm-mm, it's no. so busy every day. Oh, it is. Yeah. And, and I, you know, you need to really pay attention to the people that are talking about it and reply back and even on social media, yeah. you know, just to stay on top of it. One thing I noticed just while reading the comments today was that some of your users suggested a change to the product. Can you talk about that? Do you know what I'm, I'm talking sorry, about? I'm sorry, what was that? Some of the commenters suggested a change to the product, the refillable cartridges. Oh, refillable, yes. That's a big one. Yeah, I did not expect the, the, the need of the refillables to happen so quick. So at the very end of the point of the, of the pen, it, it does unscrew. So I did make it to be refillable. But I didn't think the need was going to be right away. Yeah. So right now I am um, negotiating and talking about you know the cost and availability for these ink cartridges. Okay. So I, I, I my mind went to a million places when I was reading those mm-hmm. comments at lunch today. But I bet if you had that for sale at Walmart instead of on Kickstarter, the customers wouldn't have been as active saying we need refillables. But Kickstarter is, yes. I mean this in a good way, but Kickstarter is full of nerds who are thinking these things through, right? So they're creators and innovators themselves, and they're thinking about mm-hmm. these problems a month down the road, what happens when the pen runs out. Right. And that, that's really neat that it, that it kind of changed. Maybe that you is. had that in mind already, but it, but it sort of changed the direction of where I need to go immediately, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I need to order these cartridges like now with, with the first order. Yeah. <laughs> I need to have another order of just the ink cartridges because people want them. Was that so. on your mind, though, legitimately before the Kickstarter? Yeah, that's why, uh, I, okay. yeah, that's why right. I did the, the – well, the, I unscrewed. It wasn't going to be part of the first order. Okay, but, I understand. Yeah, but, but it, was, it was coming. <laughs> the need. Yeah. So I can't really promise them – that it's going to be with this order. Yeah. That it's going to be available when they receive the pens. I understand. Yeah. So your project has four backer levels. Well, five if you count the no reward, just thanks for your help, a dollar mm-hmm. donation. But you have four actual levels with getting rewards back. And they're, all of them are just three-pack, six-pack, 12-pack, 24-pack of pens. Right. How did you th- uh, come up with uh, those different levels? And were you tempted to do more things, more levels? or, or Talk about that process. I wanted to keep it simple. Okay. And I knew I needed a lot of backers if I only did one or two pens at $6 each. Yep. So I had to go for the three-pack for 18 uh-huh. uh, you know, for the first level. Yeah. And for the last one, I'm like, I mean, 24 pens is a lot of pens. So that's I don't think, for a classroom, though, right? Yeah. So yeah. 
I, that's where I ended it. I didn't want to have too many options. Very simple. Um, I didn't want any early bird specials where if you didn't get in early, you felt like you missed out. Okay. It, it, it was, you know, it is what it is. These are the four. Yep. And, and that's, that's, that's a lesson learned out there for a Kickstarter, uh, potential Kickstarter project owners. Um, certainly offer your product in a, a reasonable variety, but it's very easy to overdo that. And if let's, let's say you're selling pens, it, it would be super easy to say, okay, well, let's have another backer level. You get a hat with our logo on it. You get a t-shirt with our logo on it. And that just kind of kind of mm -hmm. muddies the water. It does. Keep it simple and keep it right. very basic. Right. And I, I can't even imagine keeping up with all of that. I'm, I'm trying to do the refills as a <laughs> something is. extra right now, but... We'll it see. is. It is definitely mm -hmm. good. You've now got two successful products under your belt. Uh, do you actually have a company name now? The company is Zelk LLC. That Zelk. is the business okay. that you know everything goes through with the folder and the pen now. Okay, so you've had that company name for a number of years then with with the folders. Um, actually, I just got it about a year ago. Okay. To put everything under. Got it. Understand. The accountant recommended to have it all under the LLC. Definitely, definitely a good idea. Yeah. Now that you've had uh, two successful, you had the folders several years back, now you've got the pins. Does this new success kind of give you a bit more confidence that maybe a few years ago I had an idea that, it, that didn't quite cut it and now maybe I can bring it back to life? Is that kind of going through your mind? For the, uh, for any, any new product that maybe you've kind of discarded in the past, but now it's like, I've got some momentum here. I know how to do this. I can bring another one to life. I don't have any on the back burner at all. Um, I have ideas moving forward with the pen. Okay. Um, I have a lot of ideas moving forward with this, uh, but with a pen. But I don't have any in the back burner. But I can tell you that with the second one, with the pen, I was more confident when I just knew I got that feeling again yeah. that I felt with the folder. And I was confident, This a little bit more confident. Yep. Well, just confident, period, because the first time I wasn't that that confident. Yeah, I understand. It's, yeah. it's all in, unknown and brand new. Yeah. Um, you've got also some stretch goals. Talk about the stretch goals for your campaign. Yes. So each color comes with a minimum order quantity. So in order to reach that minimum order order quantity, I needed to do the stretch goals where the first $5,000 would be the black and then 10,000 would be the wine uh, burgundy color. And then the uh, 15,000, if I reach 15,000, we would have the blue is your Is your goal to buy enough pins in the initial order to not only, of course, fill the Kickstarter obligations, but to have them piled deep in your closet so you can sell them at other places? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a, definitely yeah. a good plan. And yes. I think a lot of people maybe uh, estimate that wrong or, or perhaps get that wrong and they buy just enough to meet the Kickstarter and then it's like, well, now I've got momentum but I yeah. have no product. No, this is definitely going to help my the inventory. Yeah, that's definitely good. It. And I do the same thing with posometry. It's it's tempting to not spend that additional money to buy the additional ones, but it's like, man, it's your nice to have inventory. Right. It's, it's hard, hard yes. to to go on without that. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I really liked about this project when I saw it the other day, and in fact, while I was, you, you mentioned on your blog, on your update that you got coverage on uh, the local CBS affiliate here in Houston, KHOU, and I was watching that, uh, was that Wednesday night or Thursday night? Wednesday night. Wednesday night. And I backed the project right there. I backed <laughs> it right in the middle of the story for That's 18, awesome. For 18 That's bucks. great. <laughs> yeah. And, but part of the, and then I reached out to you afterwards, yes. 20 minutes or so later to say, hey, let's see if we can get together. But one of the things that I really like about your project and your story is if, if there's a 16 or 17 or 18 year old out there in your classroom and they're maybe built like me, you're built like you, or your mind's always running on ideas, 
And as a teenager, I'm looking up and I'm seeing a product come to life, getting prototyped, getting marketed, getting sold, getting the inventor some, some cash in their pocket. That's got to be so dang inspiring. Yes. That's got to be such a cool thing for that teenager to see that firsthand right in front of me that now I know that there is a mm-hmm. path forward to go with this crazy idea I've got and bring it to life. What kind of feedback have you got from your students and maybe parents about that? Well, my high schoolers, uh, when I came up with the idea, they were uh, they're high school students. Yeah. Um, so they, I mean, they're proud of me. They're like, Ms. Hobbs, you're thriving. This is amazing. I've gotten a lot of uh, encouraging um, comments from them. So I know somehow they, I've inspired yeah. many of them. They, they're like, wow, this was two years in the making. I thought she forgot about this. You know, they probably didn't even have any idea I was still working on it. Yeah. Until and, they see it. And yeah. you've been a teacher long enough to know that sometimes you don't get that, what do you, whatever you call it, that psychological payback until five or 10 or 15 years down the road when you see them mm-hmm. as 30 year olds going doing something right. right. So that's, that's definitely, definitely right. a neat thing. That's what, one of the things that really drew me to this story. And then also, my sixth graders are, even one student the other day was like, Ms. Hobbs, I have an idea. So, and he's like, giving me the okay. idea. I'm like, oh, wow, that's a great idea. So they're like, I'm it's, inspiring it's them yeah, too. You're absolutely to, doing yeah. it. Totally good. So what do you, what's, uh, what's in your plan here for the next couple of weeks before October 6th, the, uh, the, the final day of Kickstarter, I'm which is already hard. fully funded now, so it's yes. going to be successful. Yes, so, but I am still pushing hard for the colors. Okay. You know, I feel, I feel like I, I want to give this to my backers. I want to give them another color option besides the black one. So I'm, I'm pushing hard on social media, um, you know, reaching out to, you know, the, the press, Hoping okay. magazines, everything, you know, Very everything. Good. And you have, uh, I guess, you have a PR firm working for you then. Uh, I do have one that uh, sent out the press release on uh, September fourth, so she's doing follow up. It's for local. Okay. Here, like I say, you're already funded. Uh, what is? Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot. We're yes. now about three weeks away from the finish, and what do you expect right now? Three weeks before, and I don't know when it's I'll so actually tough. get this posted. I'll get right. it posted in the next few days. Uh, Give me a target number you think is going to end that. Wow. Right now, I'm only like one step at a time. My, my goal right yeah. now in my mind is 10, but how nice would it be to be at 15? Yeah. If, it, if, if I'm looking at the statistics of it, if I continue the path I'm on, I'll get there. Okay. But I don't know if it's going to drop, if it's going to slow down. I mean, I just don't know. If, I think if I, you know, it's just... It's so tough, yeah. It is. The, the um, posometry one was, it had a weird path. I learned a lot about that. The very first time I, I launched it, uh, I had a larger goal, which I don't remember now, and it didn't meet that goal. But, but I knew I had several hundred backers who liked my product. So in the last few days of where it was obvious that, okay, this one's not going to get funded, I started sending emails out to those backers. Hey, do you want me to immediately relaunch option A and with a different goal, slightly different project? Hmm. Two, I can just go ahead and make it, and then would you buy one off of a website? Or just forget it ever happened and we had fun on, the, on this. And... Most people, it was like 60 to 40, said relaunch at a lower goal and we'll back you. And so I did. I relaunched it almost immediately within a day or two of the first one going unfunded. I relaunched. In the process, I'd found a local laser cutter that could make them. And so I could literally make it successful with a quantity of one. I could go to them and say, make wow. me a puzzle. Here's money. And I could literally yeah, make it. Yeah, that's so nice. I, so I significantly lowered my funding goal requirement. And it was funded within an hour and a half. See, yeah. It was amazing. So, and it got up to like $20,000, which was I saw crazy that. talk, right? That is. And so, yeah, just 
crazy things can happen. You've got, uh, you've got about three weeks to go. So you're currently at 7,000. I know from experience that most Kickstarters get very busy in the last few days. Okay. So, so you'll get you'll get a, a reasonable okay. funding. I do have followers on hold that I'm just like watching. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's definitely to see. it's definitely going going to be exciting. What was it that I guess the the funding goal for you is driven entirely by the minimum purchase to first color, Got one it. one color. That was like, if I can just do one color with my minimum order. This would be good. All right. And you've already got some expenses that are already paid for out of pocket, right? The, the molds and all the molds, those. So you're, the molds, the So you're several thousand everything. dollars yes. that you've got to try to make up for. Right. Okay. So hopefully you're, you're well on the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you doing on social media? How, how is that killing your day? Because <laughs> it Ooh, does, right? I'll tell you. I have a friend that um, helps me uh, go in there and kind of throughout the day while I'm teaching, if she sees something that needs immediate attention, she, you know, she'll go in there and, yep. and help me out. Did you, with you being an English teacher, I'm sure the wordsmithing of the Kickstarter project was straightforward. Pro- probably took a handful of days to get that right, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yes. That's, that's always a, it's uh, the engineer in me kind of doesn't always do that as well as right. I wish I would. But, but that's the thing you got to get right because that is the first impression that's got to look good. It's very, yeah. And a friend of mine's a graphic designer, so she helped me with um, like the timeline and doing the pen with the labels on there. So I, got, I honestly had a lot of support and a lot of help from a lot of talented people that just came together to make it happen, you know, knowing that I just didn't have the budget to spend yeah, you, you mentioned that the pen with the timeline. That's actually a really well done graphic. That it's it's a drawing of a pen, and it's kind of broken up into somewhat of a schedule, and it, it definitely lays out the timeline. It's it's really definitely kind of neat. Yeah. Anything we missed out on here yet? No, just at the bottom of my Kickstarter page, I do thank the three companies that helped me, which was my friend that did graphic designing, Sarah, and then the video uh, Control Shift VFX. Okay. Because and... I mean, they did really support me a lot through this process. Okay. Uh, very good. And do you have a website yet? Of yes. Where... Um, there's nothing too much about it, just my story um, and that Kickstarter is live, but it's uh, www.mesh-it.com. Yeah, mesh-it. We haven't mentioned the hyphen thus far, but yeah, mesh-it.com. And uh, yeah, so this this thing will get posted uh, sometime in the next few days, but it'll be live for many months or years and <laughs> any random time in the future, go to meshit.com. But in the meantime, before October 6th, if you're listening to this before October 6th, go out and do what I did. Go to Kickstarter, look up meshit, mesh-it, silent fidget pen, and back this thing. Uh, Support this teacher, support the cool things that she's doing to inspire our students, and uh, it's already funded. You're going to get your product, but uh, let's make it even more successful. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time. Totally good. And uh, thanks to Jennifer Hobbs for being a part of the show here. And thank you all for listening. Bye. Bye. I'm Jim Fox, and thank you for listening to the Luminovation Podcast, where we shine a light on innovation, creativity, entrepreneurship, and the creative people who make our world a better and more interesting place to live.